0: Welcome to Genesis. <laughs> Glad you guys are here tonight. Uh, it is a special night at Genesis, as always. I hope you're having a great night so far, and I know that God's got great things in store for us tonight. Um, in the 1950s, my grandfather was newly married. He got married at 19 years old. Okay, and we, we have any 19-year-olds here tonight by chance? Okay, so if you imagine getting married at 19, uh, how about this? His wife was 15. At the time. So obviously this was, this was a different time, okay? So he was 19, his wife was 15, and they were living in this really small town called Oniana, Alabama. And so because of the, the, where they were in life, they were, they were kind of on hard times, and so they were, he, you know, my, my grandfather, grandfather was just really looking for work. And so he was really looking to, to make some money, and all he had was $5 to his name. All he had was $5, and he was desperately searching for a job to provide for him and his wife. And so one day, uh, he, he took that $5, and he called a taxi. And the taxi driver pulled up, and he got in the back seat, and the, the taxi driver said, all right, well, where do you want to go? And he said, well, as far as $5 is going to take me. And so he said, okay, that'll get you to Birmingham. And that was about an hour drive from where, he, where they were. And so he arrives in Birmingham and ends up finding a job as an electrician. And he's working as an electrician. He's receiving training in the field. Well, a few years later, uh, in 1958, to be exact, a, uh, a newly funded government agency was founded, and its name was NASA. And as fate would have it, they set up shop in Alabama, in Huntsville, Alabama. And it was about an hour and a half away from where he was. And because of this, they started searching the area to find employees to help staff their agency and help advance this mission of space travel that they had. And so my grandfather applied, and it turned out, he got the job, and so he would spend the next 10 years or so engineering rocket parts for, for their, their, what they wanted to do and for their, their goal and their mission, and then on July 20th, 1969, he got to see his $5 taxi ride come to fruition when the Saturn V rocket landed safely on the moon that he helped build and became arguably part of the greatest moment in modern history. There is power in being faithful with what you've been given. Tonight, we're, we're continuing a series called Those Millennials. And if you're here tonight, you're a millennial. You are a millennial. And it, we actually, there was a, a survey done on social media where this, this account asked to give one word to describe millennials. And uh, this is what it said. All right, so do you see any words in here that maybe jump out at you? How about, uh, what do we got? How about YOLO? How about uh, pampered? Entitled? Snapchat? So maybe you find something that describe you in there. Maybe it's positive word. Maybe it's a negative word. Uh, whatever it is, um, maybe, you know, maybe you see some positive or negative words in there. But it, here's the thing. It says in the book of Acts that God, he, uh, he created the boundaries of our dwelling place. And he gave us an allotted time to live. And so therefore, God chose you to be a millennial. He chose you to be where you're at right now, living in 2017 in Charleston, South Carolina. And so you didn't choose it. You didn't control it. But you are here Nonetheless, and so that's why it's so important to know how, as millennials, we follow Christ. So last week, Kevin talked about the importance of starting in your life, about making the first step, and so once you make that first step, there's importance in sticking with it, and so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We uh, we see Jesus talk about the subject of faithfulness in the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, and so I'd love for you to turn there with me uh, again. Matthew 25. It'll be on the screen. And uh, can I actually get the lights down just a little bit? I can't really see anybody. And I like to be able to see faces. All right, so here we go. This is Matthew 25. And uh, this is a, a fictional story that Jesus is telling. This is a parable. And he's talking about the kingdom of God. And he said, this is how the kingdom of God is going to be. He says, for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. And then he went away. So we see Jesus, he starts telling this fictional story, right? He, t- he tells the story of a man and his servants, and we see that this man is obviously very wealthy, okay? So you might have a footnote in your Bible, you may not, but a talent was a monetary term that was equal to 20 years' wages, okay? So this is, we're talking a lot of money here, okay? So he, he brings these, these, thir- these three servants up to him, and he kind of explains the situation. He's like, look, I gotta go, I'm going on this, this trip, and I need someone to watch my money, while I'm gone, and so he brings three servants to him, and he says, "All right, you're going to get five talents, you're going to get two talents, and you're going to get one talent." And it, it was at that point it was their responsibility, their choice to do what they felt they needed to do with the money. So the master he then leaves for his trip, and uh, we'll keep reading to see what happens to the money. These are the next three verses. It says he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. So we see the first servant. He takes his five talents, and he goes and he puts in the effort. He puts in the work, and then he ends up doubling the the talents. However, he did that. He invested it. He, He spent the time. He put in the effort, and he doubled his total. Okay, so then there comes the second servant. The second servant was handed two talents, and he comes and does the same thing. He, he puts in the effort. He, he does the, the necessary work. He ends up doubling his total as well. But then comes the third servant who is not so much, okay? So he, he takes his one talent and decides out of fear for, for whatever, you know, kind of like the what if kind of situations, he decides to bury it in the ground. So he takes his talent, he digs his hole in the ground, and he buries it. And after this, some time passes, and the master comes back to town. Guess who's back, back again, the master's back. And he wants to see what happened to his money. Let's read and see what happened. Verse 19. And after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I've made five talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. So we see the the servant who doubled his five talents. He informs the master of what he's done. He's like, look, I took what you you gave me. I doubled it. Here you go. And the master's pleased. He's happy. He's like, great job. Well done, good and faithful servant. You did a great job. And then here comes the second servant who who went and did the same thing. And he informs the, the master. He's like, look, I took your money. I did what I needed to do. And I ended up doubling it. And the master, with the same as the first servant, he's happy about it. He's like, great job. Well done, good and faithful servant. You did what I asked you to do. But now it's time to see how the master reacts to the one who hid his talent. And just so you're prepared, this escalates fairly quickly, all right? So we're going we're gonna to focus on the faithfulness aspect of this. Okay, so anyway, you'll see what I'm talking about. All right, so this is, this is how the, the story ends. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed, so I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I told you it escalated a little quickly. So obviously he is not too happy about the the servant's decision to hide the money. And so he comes up and he's like, Master, look, this is what happened. I was kind of afraid of what was gonna happen. And so I just decided I'm gonna dig this hole and I'm gonna keep your money safe for you. And when the master hears this, he says something very different and what he told the first two. He says, you wicked and slothful servant, you could have at least done something. And then he proceeds to finish his statement about what will happen if we are not faithful with what we've been given. There is a stark difference between the response for the, two, the first two servants and then the third servant. The first two get met with good and faithful and then the, the the third servant gets met with wicked and slothful. Now I don't know about you, but I would much rather be described as good and faithful than wicked and slothful, right? I would much rather be be described as good and faithful than wicked and slothful. And it's obvious here that Jesus loves when we make the most of what He's entrusted us with. But here's the thing, and we're all we're all young adults in here, and so most of us we're We're kind of in the spot of life, the time of life, where what we've been given might be kind of small. Would you agree? At least maybe it feels small, or it feels seemingly insignificant. It may feel like just one talent. But here's the thing. When we are faithful with the little things, a door will be opened to the big things. When we are faithful with the little things, a door will be opened to the big things, I was actually having a conversation with a guy the other day, and I hadn't talked with him in a while, and I knew that um, I was just kind of trying to catch up with him, and he was telling me that he, you know, he works at Publix, and so he was telling me, telling me about his job, and he, he proceeded to tell me that he started as a bag boy, which I remember that. It was years ago. He started as a bag boy, bagging groceries every single day, showing up to work, bagging milk, bagging eggs, bagging groceries, and then... He kind of he 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 got he got promoted a little bit, and it's he's been there for about four years, and so last summer the store did this summer cookout special, where they had all these the, I think it's it might be specifically ribs or, or any kind of like you know the stuff you put on the grill, and so they do this special sale where they 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 mark it down and they do it just for one weekend, and apparently it was pretty successful last year, and so because of this my friend realized that we weren't that the we, I don't work at Publix, um, that Publix was not gonna do it this year. And so he was he was kind of like, well why? Like it was really successful last year. Why wouldn't we do it this summer? And so he approached his his superior. I I don't I don't remember exactly the title, but he said, he said, hey, why don't we why aren't we doing the sale again? It was really successful last year. And he said, you know, he's like I'm not sure, but I, I like where your head is at. I like what you're thinking. So here's the thing. I'm gonna call up the regional manager and I'm gonna talk to him. So he calls up the regional manager, the guy who has, you know, the say over probably all the publics is like in the southeast. And so he gets him on the phone, and then he takes the phone, and he hands it to my friend, former bag boy, egg-bagging specialist. And all of a sudden, he's like, oh, okay. Uh, and the guy's like, okay, well, will you tell me what your idea is? And he said, well, sir, you know, I, I, you know we did this last year, and I feel like it would be successful, and we sold out really fast. And he said, okay, well, what do you need? And he was like, well, you know, we, we sold 300 units of ribs last year, so, and it sold out pretty quick, so maybe we get like 350. He goes, I'll give you 600, and it's on you. You organize it. You make it happen. And he was like, okay. So the weekend came. The weekend came, and uh, they sold out in three days of all the ribs, every unit, all 600, in the same amount of time as the, as the, year, as the previous year. Made the store $12,000. In three days, on ribs. And so the next morning, the regional manager calls and says, hey, put me on the phone with Bag Boy. <laughs> he probably didn't say that, but. And he's like, okay, so he's on the phone. He's like, here, here's the deal. I'm going to promote you on the spot. And then, oh, yeah, this is, I forgot this detail. He said, I'm going to promote you on the spot. And then in a year, when you turn 21, okay, young adult, that's pretty young. He said, I'm gonna put you in a spot making 60 grand a year. Now, you might think where you're at is small. You might think, oh, I was just given one talent. All I had was $5. All I was doing was bagging groceries. But here's the truth for you tonight. You don't get the job with NASA as soon as you step out the taxi. You don't get on the phone with the regional manager on day one. That was a result of a series of faithful tomorrows showing up day after day after day, learning how to be an electrician. Day after day after day, bagging eggs and bagging cartons of milk. And then all of a sudden the door opens. When you're faithful with little, you'll be given much. It's a result of a series of faithful tomorrows that opens the door to what God has for you. Don't miss that. That the end result of a series of faithful tomorrows is being where God wants you to be. And there is power in sticking with it. There is power in faithfulness. Sometimes that process isn't fun. Sometimes the process isn't fun. If you feel called to ministry, you're often gonna get, God's often gonna give you the, the spiritual gift of stacking chairs before you get the spiritual gift of communicating his word. I remember the first time I got any kind of lead, leadership capacity in Genesis. I got a text saying, hey, you wanna, uh, you wanna be an usher? Yes, that sounds awesome. Hey, I get to be an usher at Genesis. I actually texted back, I said, you know, I had the spiritual gift of basket passing. But you know what's not fun? Stacking chairs. If you you feel the call to be a nurse, God's gonna give you the ability and the, the diligence to get through the classes before he gives you the gift of a job in the industry. And you know what's not fun? School. If you feel the call to start a business, God's often gonna give you the gift of perseverance to get through the failures before he gives you the gift of a successful company. So what does that mean for us? It means that the process is priceless. The process is priceless. The beauty is in the process and the character that we acquire in the trenches of the process is a character that we will never acquire anywhere else. The diligence, the perseverance, the patience, the self-control, we don't get that without being in situations that require it. As millennials, if we're not willing to go through the process, we're never going to do anything. The process is priceless. Because if we're not willing to put in the work to double our talents, To make the best of a $5 taxi ride, to show up day after day bagging groceries. What will the generation after us say? Ultimately, what will God say? Will He say, Well done, good and faithful bag boy? I believe that this generation at the end needs to be able to say that we went the distance. We need to be able to say that we went the distance, that we weren't slothful, we weren't pampered, we weren't entitled. We were faithful with our talents. We were faithful with our $5. We were faithful with bagging the groceries. We went the distance. We were good and faithful servants. And the great thing is that when we follow Christ, we are following the greatest example of faithfulness because of our sin and there was a separation between us and our father. We couldn't have a relationship with God, but he sent Christ to earth to live a perfect life, to die a criminal's death that we deserved and then resurrect three days later to defeat death, hell, and the grave so that we could one day be in his presence, in the fullness of his presence, so that we could be in a relationship with him. And you know, it was not fun For Jesus was taking on the wrath of God. What was not fun was appeasing the wrath of God for taking on the weight of sin, every sin, past, present, and future that we will ever commit. What was not fun was the tortuous death of a crucifixion. But Jesus went the distance for you and he went the distance for me. He was faithful to his calling. Tonight, I, w- I want to challenge you to trust where God has you right now. In a few minutes, we're going to go into a time of table talk where hopefully these questions will unearth some of those things and get you thinking. I challenge you and I encourage you to trust where God has you right now, to take what he's currently given you and work to multiply it. Be faithful with the $5. Be faithful with what he's given you. We're gonna, like I said, we're going to move into a time of table talk, and uh, I encourage you to be open with one another. And let these questions start really good conversation. And after a few minutes, Kevin will come up and do some announcements. So again, be faithful with what you've been given. And when you're faithful with little, you'll be given much. Let me pray. Jesus, we thank you tonight. First of all, that you were faithful, that you went the distance, that you made the sacrifice and you measured up when we couldn't. We're thankful for the grace that that brings us, the forgiveness of sins that that brings us, we're thankful for the relationship that we have with God because of it. So, God, as we follow as your, your example of faithfulness, God, I pray that we would take what you've given us. You, we would take our one talent, our $5, our, 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 our seemingly meaningless job, and make the best of it. So, God, we love you tonight. We're thankful for what you've done for us. We pray, God, that we would take what you've given us, put in the work, and multiply it. And at the end, be able to say that we went the distance. In Jesus' name. Amen. So Trina's gonna be going around and passing out the questions. So yeah, we've got about 20 or so minutes. So have some fun.